step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my Saints. To the 20. Geis, touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Good morning, New Orleans. Welcome in to the Chris Gordy Show. Here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. It is a Tuesday, September 26, 2017. A lot of stuff we got to get into this morning. Ed Ogeron speaking with the media yesterday as LSU prepares for Troy. As much as you can prepare for a school like Troy. Really, this is a preparation week for next week as the Tigers head out to Florida, but some questions around the quarterback, and there's some thought maybe we could see both LSU quarterbacks, not just this week, but maybe share the load for the rest of the season. We'll get into some of that. Uh, our buddy Ross Dellinger, the Baton Rouge Advocate, every week he does a film breakdown of LSU. He did one this past week. We'll tell you what stood out most to him in that game against Syracuse. The Saints, they are out in London preparing for Miami, and they will get a familiar face back today. The uh, Pelicans, they held their media day yesterday. We'll get some news and notes from that. Here's what we got guest-wise. Coming up at 845, we're going to talk with Jake Madison of uh, Locked on Pelicans podcast. Of course, he wrote for years for Bourbon Street Shots. We'll get some thoughts uh, from him as he was out at uh, Pelicans media day yesterday. And Dave, I know you were out there. How was the uh, how was the Pelicans media day? It was fun. We had a good time. They uh, All the players were actually in good moods yesterday. Well, yeah, you're no, you're zero and zero, of course. Everyone's undefeated. Of course, you're going to feel well. Uh, who'd you get to talk to? Uh, we, we talked to Anthony Davis. We pretty much talked to everybody. We got liners and drops from them all. And uh, yeah, we actually asked Anthony Davis uh, what his thoughts were on if 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 they reboot Space Jam, who who should be cast in those roles? Uh, and what did he say? He says he wants to be a monster. So okay, hey, he, right. I, he went. He won the day. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, but no, I mean, we had, we had a good time over there. All, all the players were really cool. I mean, they they the, here, here's the thing: there's a lot of buzz around the entire locker room. I think a lot of people are really excited about this season because I mean, we have some really good players ready to rock and roll, man, and they're all ready to get the season started. So there was a good vibe around the entire place yesterday. Yeah, I'm I'm real interested to see Boogie and, and Anthony, um, you know, get a whole season together because again, it was just such a small sample size. You know, at the trade deadline when they bring in Boogie Cousins and. We just haven't we haven't gotten to see both of them on the court, um, you know, a whole yeah. heck of a lot. So. We actually asked him about you know when when he first came over here, and he's like, "Look, when I when I, when I came here, I said that there wasn't going to be you know an actual you know wasn't going to click right away." And so I, I think now they're excited having a whole off season together, 
and now ready to start up the season. He was in a little bit of a bad mood. He didn't look like he wanted to be there, but <laughs> but he was cool about it though. That's that's Boogie though. He's he's always like that. I, I talked with him at uh, what was it the All Star Weekend last year in uh, in New Orleans. And yeah, he seems to have a perpetual scowl on his face. Yeah, that's just how he is. He's a, he's an interesting dude though. He's smart. He's pretty smart. Um, smarter than a lot of people think, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's something to be said with that Kentucky brotherhood between Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, Rajon Rondo, you know, maybe even Darius Miller if he plays a role in this team. So uh, maybe maybe it works. Maybe maybe everything clicks for these guys. And you know, I saw them taking the pictures yesterday. I thought it was real funny with they they were taking pictures with head coach Alvin Gentry, and it was Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, Rajon Rondo, Drew Holiday, and Alvin Gentry. So it's like. We know these four are starting. Well, we'll figure right. we'll figure out who the fifth guy is here eventually. But you know, I just thought that was pretty interesting. It was it was crazy. It was media day basically across the NBA. So I'm looking out on Twitter and I'm seeing all these pictures. I'm seeing in, in Houston. There's pictures of James James Harden and Chris Paul with their arms around one another. There's uh, out in Oklahoma City. There's Carmelo Anthony standing next to Paul George and Russell Westbrook in Thunder jerseys. It's just it's odd, man. It's going to be an interesting year in the NBA. A lot of different moves and. A lot of different teams with new faces. So, uh, anyway, we'll talk with Jake Madison around eight forty-five um, and get his thoughts on on what what he took away from Pelicans media day yesterday. And then nine thirty, we'll uh, head out to Baton Rouge talk with our buddy James Moran from Tiger Rag Magazine. Get his thoughts on what Ed Ogeron and the Tigers talked about yesterday, and we'll and we'll start there. Um, at least first, we'll get into a little bit of Ross Dellinger's LSU film room. Look the. The, the issues that are going to plague LSU or that have plagued LSU these past couple weeks are going to plague them the rest of the year. Offensive line problems. Um, they've got pass blocking issues. They've got run blocking issues. And, you know, here, here's what Ross Dellinger says in his piece. He says, you're probably first wondering how the Tigers struggled at something they usually do so well, running the ball and run blocking. So Coach Ed Ogeron said after the game, that Syracuse was leaking a safety into the box and loading it up. Syracuse was indeed loading up the box, the imaginary seven-yard square area out from the football. We charted the number of defenders in the box on LSU's rushes. Uh, less Six defenders or less in the box one time. Seven defenders, seven times. Eight defenders, 18 times. And nine or more defenders, two times. So a good majority of the game, they had seven or eight defenders in the freaking box. And it just goes to show what, what we were talking about was they didn't respect your passing game. Syracuse. Syracuse, of all people. I mean, we saw a little bit of it with Mississippi State last week, too. But Syracuse said, we don't think Danny Etling can throw the ball down the field. Now, look, finally they were able to change some stuff up, give them a little bit of time uh, you know, to, of protection, Late in the first quarter, or rather late in the first half, and then to start the, the second half when he hit uh, Stephon Sullivan and Drake Davis for touchdowns. But, um, you know, the, the, the problem is to, to hit the, the deep pass and things like that, you know, those guys are going to be in one on one coverage, but you got to have time to throw the ball. You got to have enough time for the quarterback to, to hit the guy down the field. So, uh, look, this is going to be something once LSU gets into SEC play, this is going to be a big topic of contention because against Florida, against Auburn, against all these teams in the SEC, they're going to bring pressure. They're going to look at this film at Syracuse, and they're going to say, my God, Syracuse was getting penetration on LSU. So, you know, what what can we do? We've got five-star athletes at, 
at safety and at linebacker that, that we're going to blitz. So, look, it's a problem that's not going to get better for LSU as the season goes along, but the question becomes, does the true freshman Miles Brennan give them a better chance? And here's the tough situation. I think LSU fans as a whole can kind of chalk up this season to, look, we're not going to win the West, <laughs> you know, based off what we've seen from this team already. They're not going to win the West. This is going to be a four or five loss season. And I think most people can resign themselves to, okay, we can accept that because first year of a new coach, albeit it's Ed Ogeron who was the interim coach, but you know, it's a new first year under a new head coach. We want to set ourselves up for the future. Well, how can we get ourselves better for next year? And when you look at the schedule and you see you got Miami right out of the gates to start next year in, I believe, in Arlington. Miles Brennan needs to get ready for that game now. No offense to Danny Etling. Great kid. Played at, per, you know, played at Purdue and then transferred to, to LSU. Finally got his chance to shine last year and you know did a good job. And he's done a pretty good job so far this year. But the problem is, you know, if if we're talking LSU could be a nine-win team this year or an eight or seven-win team this year. I don't think fans care either way. Does anyone care really if LSU wins nine games, eight games, or seven games? I don't care at this point. If you're not winning the West, if you're not beating Alabama, I don't care where you go because who cares what bowl game they go to? Whether it's the the Chick Fil A bowl or the you know the the Gator bowl. I don't know what the hell are the bowl games now. The the they, they change names all the time. Just pick a random uh, national company. You know, the Little Caesars Bowl. Yeah, but but even like these, okay, Music City Bowl. Like, who cares what bowl game LSU goes to this year? It doesn't matter. At LSU, our expectations are either you're competing for a title or you're not. And this year, LSU is not. Not with this team. You're already behind the eight ball with a loss to Mississippi State. You know, and, and looking at how Alabama beat the hell out of Vanderbilt over the weekend, nobody's beaten them this year. So, you hate to say that, but you're not going anywhere this year. So why not look towards the future a little bit? And I know it's on those coaches and those, you know, the seniors on this team. It's not really fair to them to say, well, we're throwing in the towel this year. And you're still going to go out and play hard and compete and all that. But what I'm saying is ultimately wins and losses don't really matter for the rest of the year with this LSU team. Again, if, if Ogeron wins six six or seven games or if he wins nine or ten, it's not going to hurt his job. He's, he's going to be back next year. It's more about what you're going to do next year. That's that's where where you start. And again, to me, you know, look, Georgia Georgia went through their growing pains last year playing Jacob Eason, the true freshman. Now, look, he ended up getting hurt after what the first game, and they had to go with Jake Fromm, the true freshman. But you know, Miles Brennan has shown, and he showed last week against Syracuse. He's got poise in the pocket. He can feel pressure. You know, yes, did he make a two bad throws? One that was nearly a pick six, and then another one that was an interception. Sure. But those are the growing pains he's got to get through. I'd rather him get through those growing pains now, this season, where you're not going anywhere, rather than them hit you next year and then screw up what could potentially be a really good season next year. So, and again, you start with Miami next year. Miami's been dead. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Down the past few years, they are much better now under Mark Rick. And he's recruiting well there. And look, maybe they're not going to get back to the U of the glory days with all the you know guys that were causing trouble and all that at Miami, but they were winning a hell of a lot of games. Maybe they're not that team, but they're still going to be a really good team next year. And so, again, rather than throw Miles Brennan to the Wolves, I'd rather him get as much playing experience as possible this season. And some people have brought up the 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 thought, and we'll talk with James Morgan about it later in the show, just the thought of playing both these guys down the stretch. Why not? You know, look, and normally it's I'm of the mindset of if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. But this is almost a season where it makes sense. Because one, Danny Etling hasn't done anything, anything be- poorly to lose his starting job. But... Miles Brennan does just does some things that that Etling can't. He's just got the stronger arm, and so far Brennan hasn't looked shook. He looks like I said, poised out there. Stood in the pocket, delivered uh, what that that dump off to Daryl Williams and went forty yards on Saturday, while he took a shot. So I would not be opposed to playing both guys this week, and I think they built. I think they both will play against Troy. I think you have to, but. I think you go into that Florida game and you say, hey, here's some packages that we have for Etling. Here's some packages we have for Brennan. Because from what I've seen, the Matt Canada offense, it looks like Miles Brennan, under, one, understands it a little bit better and, and can execute it a little bit better. Again, small sample size. But Brennan's going to fit the, the Canada offense, and that's that's where this team needs to go. And look, all due respect to Danny Etling. He's a great kid. Appreciate all he's done. The end of the day, the other kid's just more talented. So I, I'm, and, and some of you may say, maybe saying bench Etling. Some of you may make that argument: bench Etling, play play Miles Brennan, and just roll with him the rest of the year. I think you can do both. I think you can roll with both. I think you can still play Etling and and play Miles Brennan both. Um. It's been a mixed bag in years past, right? I mean, I, I the one I go back to is. You know, of course, we had the year with, with Jared Lee and then Jordan Jefferson came back and it was kind of a back and forth between them. But I go back to, what was that, 04 when you had Marcus Randall and Jamarcus Russell. You know, Randall had some games where he looked really good. Russell had some games where he looked good. Both had games where they looked bad. And so Saban, you know, Saban's last year, he kind of went back and forth on, on both guys. I don't think that's, you know, that was a case of I'm going to play this guy until he stinks and then I'm going to go to this guy. I think this year you can play both and I think they'll both be okay. I don't think they'll both stink. But that's on the coaching staff to figure out. You got to figure out a way, you know, come up with, with a scheme, come up with game plan to say, look, we got these packages for Brennan. We got these packages for Etling. We're going to play both of you guys. Because again, if you go into Florida 
and Etling's getting pressured, and he can't deliver the throws down the field, and you lose 30-12 to 12 or 30-14, to 14, everybody's going to be going, what the hell was that? Why did we just why did we stick with Edling? Yeah, I get he's the senior, but he couldn't make the throws. Put in Miles Brennan. And maybe that would be the turning point. You know, maybe it would take getting blown out on the road of Florida or getting blown out by, at home to Auburn, you know, in a game where you play Danny Etling the whole time to make them switch to Brennan. But again, I'm saying it doesn't have to be that drastic. I think you could play both the guy both these guys moving on the the rest of the season. All right, well, I'll take a quick break here on the Chris Gordy Show. More to come. If you want to get involved in the show, you can do so. The phone lines are open, 504-260-1280, 504-260-1280. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Chris Gordy. Or you can shoot me an email, chris at sports1280.com. Again, coming up, 845, we'll talk with Jake Madison, locked on Pelicans. We'll talk about Pelicans Media Day yesterday. And we'll get into a little Saints talk here as they are out in London preparing to take on the Miami Dolphins. Stay right there. It's the Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280, New Orleans. This is Chris Gordy on Sports 1280, New Orleans. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Kind of continuing our, our conversation, talking about uh, LSU over the weekend, beating Syracuse and what turned out to actually be a closer game than everybody thought. Buddy Ross Dellinger, the Baton Rouge Advocate, doing a pretty good film breakdown on uh, the Tigers in that game. Some of his thoughts here said, uh, running against a loaded box is never easy. It's probably a good reason why LSU averaged just four yards a carry against the defense not really known for being stingy now for pass blocking he said for a second strike game the tigers line struggle in this category but it wasn't solely on the line at times etling didn't fire quick enough on other occasions the running running backs missed protection assignments and all lsu allowed 14 quarterback pressures in 25 dropbacks that is a startling number folks <laughs> that is not good so look the the, the talk all this week is going to be miles brennan he got 16 snaps last week. Um, you know, he had the 43-yard completion to Daryl Williams. But, you know, even there was even a time in the game where Brennan got a low snap and had a blitzer in his face and still was able to throw a completion to Foster Morrow. Pretty impressive for a kid that was just playing in high school a couple of months ago. So, again, small sample size, but what we've seen out of Miles Brennan already I think has been pretty impressive. But I think to me the bigger the bigger issue becomes the wide receivers for LSU because they use several different receiver combinations, mainly five receivers. They've got DJ Chark, Russell Gage, Derek Dillon, Drake Davis, and Stephon Sullivan. Um, the first thing that stands out is Drake Davis and Stephon Sullivan, who I thought both had great games on on Saturday. Both looked really good. Both you know caught long balls. Um, the problem is both those guys are rarely on the field at the same time because they play the same position, the X. So I feel like you'd be better moving DJ Chark to like the slot position, perhaps, where you know he could run like these little, I don't know, little hitch routes or comeback routes, you know, five to ten yards, something like that. That's where I think DJ Chark is is better suited, and then putting him in motion, using him as the on the jet sweeps 
and then use the your big guys and Davis and Sullivan as the the deep threats or you know the the middle um, you know the the medium passes things like that to to move the chains because it just makes sense right they're the bigger bigger body receivers that can go up and get the ball on smaller DBs and and things like that and they're and they're both fast as hell so I don't know man I, I'm still and I hate to to keep harping on it but. A guy like Russell Gage, the fact that he's still out there, what do you do well? What do you do well? The 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 thought was, oh, he understands the offense better. He's got sure hands. Well, no. I mean, we've seen him with drops. We've seen him we saw him took a ball up take a ball off the face mask against Mississippi State. Wasn't even looking for the ball. You know, if you're if you're gonna be out there, you better be playing your best. And then, you know, DJ Chark, we've seen them try to go deep to him uh, several times. And it just doesn't seem to work out. I mean, he's he's either running the wrong route, or the ball was thrown past him, or you know, or, or or it hits him in the hands and he drops it. That's why I'd rather go with, like I said, go with Chark in the slot, keep him as the guy that you know is kind of the safety valve, the you know the Wes Welker, if you will, and then have Sullivan and Davis be the deep threats. Which I think you know, like like if this were a video game. Like I'd go with those guys at like the I'd go with those three at those receiver positions and then I'd put Miles Brennan in there. And that would be a hell of an offense. But for some reason we're rolling with Danny Etling and Russell Gage and Derek Dillon and look at what the LSU offenses looked like the first four weeks of the season. It's not been it's not been pretty. You know, they've scored some points at times, but it's not been, you know, I I guess efficient would be the the word. So uh, defensively, and again, this is Ross Dellinger, the Baton Rouge advocate, did, did a breakdown of the LSU game uh, in his film room. This was one other thing I thought stood out. He's talking about the defensive back analysis. He said Syracuse passed for more than 300 yards, but how and on who? Well, those are both tough to answer, but they did chart the LSU DBs that the Orange targeted most and how many yards and completions they allowed. Uh Greedy Williams was targeted 12 times, and the receivers made seven catches on him. Three of them were for over 10 yards. Um, I know Greedy had the, the interception to start the game, and then I know he nearly had another one in the end zone as Syracuse was driving. And I love his playmaking, playmaking ability like that. But going back and watching the film, I didn't realize he was getting beat a good bit. He was, you know, the guy that he was defending, those receivers were getting open and they were making catches. So, you know, look, Dante Jackson, I think, has done a good job in it because they've really looked his way. I mean, he and, and Kevin Tolliver, when they're in there, um, their guys aren't getting targeted very much. So, uh, to, to me, it sounds like some, you know, opposing teams may start picking on Greedy albeit with the fact that he can go up and get the ball. He's already got a handful of interceptions on the year. But if he's not getting the interception, guys are making plays on him. So, again, uh, we'll, we'll see moving forward how, how this defense adjusts. I just think it's been a poor effort from um, Dave Aranda in his second season. As- it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'll shoot DC. He was so good last year. And. Maybe part of the, that is the personnel he had with Jamal Adams and with you know with all these guys who, who left and, and went pro Trey White, but you know and he is playing a lot of younger guys this year. But should that mean your scheme stays the same? I mean, how many times against Syracuse and against Mississippi State were the DBs backed off and down the field? I'm going, what are you doing? Come up, come up. You you got your DBs are physical enough to. You know, either either man up with your DBs, but but like playing five, six, seven yards down, you know, off the off the line of scrimmage. Like, come up, come make a play, get physical with these guys, put a, you know, put a hand on them. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what they look like against Troy. Again, they'll they'll have success against Troy. They'll look they'll look like world beaters this week against Troy, most likely. But next week against Florida at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, where those guys can get really, really fit, really, you know, like their DBs will get handsy with you. They'll hit you at the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, and then and then their wide receivers, uh, you know, big and physical as well. So, by the way, that game has been announced two thirty on a uh, next Saturday. It's a CBS game. So, one that's good. It's it's you know it's a CBS game, national television, whatever. It's good to know there's still interest in LSU on a national stage. But two. Uh, you avoid a night game in Gainesville, which is good. That's a hostile environment to go play in. And look, it's still going to be loud and all that at 2.30, but I don't know. There's just something different about playing night games in the SEC. When you have to go on the road and play a night game, it's a little bit different than playing a 2.30 game, in my opinion. Same thing with LSU. That's why, That's why you know, I think LSU fans prefer to play when they're at home. They want to play these SEC opponents at big games at night in Death Valley. As opposed to 2.30. Now, the CBS games go on for so long that sometimes it is nighttime by the time these, these games end. But uh, I think that's a that's a good thing for LSU. It's a 2.30 game next week in, in Florida. And so we will see. If, if LSU loses that one, they may not have many 2.30 games the rest of the year. Although LSU-Alabama typically is. Or, or it's or it's that, that nighttime CBS game that... Uh, CBS gets to pick, what, one or two night games every year? So, but we'll have several weeks to talk about that. The, the key there will be, hopefully LSU doesn't have three or four losses going into that Alabama game because, I mean, will anybody watch? <laughs> I mean, I'm only, I, I, it'll be like watching, uh, being uh, waterboarded. Like, why would you even want to watch that at that point? All right, it's 8.33 here on uh, Sports 1280 New Orleans. It is the Chris Gordy Show. I want to tell you about our friends over at Hover Helmets. If you love LSU football or you're looking for the perfect gift for the Tiger fan in your life, here's your answer. It is Hover Helmets. Hover Helmets is perfect for young and old at the home, at the office, uh, or for a man cave, whatever, or woman cave, whatever you have at the house. It's an authentic replica mini helmet with the LSU logo or the LSU logo of your choice. It hovers and spins in midair. Features a gold LSU helmet or any uh, other school that you want to put in there. If you have kids, they can use it as a nightlight, and it works great. Hover Helmets now has an expanded selection of college football teams to choose from on their website. And be on the lookout. They'll have NFL helmets coming this Christmas season. So go to Hover Helmets. 
Helmets.com. H-O-V-E-R Helmets.com. And Sports 1280 listeners will receive a 20% discount and free shipping. Just have to have to enter the promo code 1280 at checkout. That is promo code 1280. You get 20% off and free shipping at HoverHelmets.com. Hover Helmets, the next level in sports memorabilia. Our insiders are talking your teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. This will be a shorter segment. We want to uh, make sure we get our guy Jake Madison in here. Talk a little bit about Pelicans Media Day yesterday. Look, I understand basketball has got a long way to to, to grow here in, in New Orleans. I know a lot of people just, you know, they don't care. But if you're going to care at all, I mean, since those Chris Paul teams, since those, you know, the, the teams with uh, Peja and Tyson Chandler and David West, you know, when they were a really good playoff team just about every year, you know, this is the this is the time to care now. This team should be really, really good. You you are loaded with with really good players, Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis. You know, Drew Holiday if he could stay healthy. Rajon Rondo, look, he's old, and you know he may not be a scorer, but he is definitely look. Go look at Chicago last year. The Bulls, the Bulls had a chance against the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs, and if Rondo doesn't go down, they might win that series against the number one seed in the East. And it's because Rondo played really well for Chicago last year. So he can have that kind of impact. We'll see what he does uh, for the Pelicans this year. So we'll, we'll catch up with um, Jake Madison in just a little bit from uh, Locked on Pelicans. Does a weekly podcast. He wrote for uh, Bourbon Street Shots and uh, I think has a new venture coming up that he's going to be writing for. So we'll get to all that with Jake in just a couple minutes. But first, kind of finish my thought on... Uh, on LSU, I know we talked a lot of LSU today, but look, frankly, the Saints traveled to to London. They're um, you know, Tuesday's typically their off day. I don't know how much they've changed their schedule, but there's not a whole lot to, to get to. I know tomorrow they'll actually get into practice and and uh, you know put, putting in the uh, game plan for the Miami Dolphins, but not a whole heck of a lot on the Saints front on this uh, Tuesday morning. Again, uh, later today into tomorrow out in London, they'll they'll really start getting into it and. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the game against the Dolphins. Uh, but real quick, on Ed Ogeron, he was asked about Miles Brennan. Is he going to continue to get some playing time um, moving forward? Here was Ed Ogeron on that yesterday. It was four out of five. Did fantastic. Uh, he missed one. You know, the one he threw out, that route, uh, was almost a pick. I think it was DJ was open right behind him. Uh, you know, that's going to be expected. They're going to make mistakes. I thought he threw the ball very well. Great release. He made some great decisions. He dumped the ball in a barrel and went, I don't know, for 30 something yards down against a blitz. That was a perfect read. Uh, the interception that he threw, it was between him and the receiver. The receiver moved out a little bit and uh, it could have went either way. No blame on anybody else. It could have been executed better. I thought he did fantastic for his first time on there under fire. Here's the one thing I don't get with all that is remember earlier in the year, that or in the offseason, it was, oh, it's neck and neck. It's real close. It's real close is what Ogeron told us about the competition at quarterback between Atling and Brennan. So if it was real close in camp, if it was real close coming into the season, and what we've seen so far, you know, at least in the, these, these past couple weeks, when Brennan's gotten in there and gotten an opportunity, he's looked really good. 
you know, Atling's been up and down. He's had moments where he's looked good. He's had moments where he looks really bad. I haven't seen a really bad moment out of Miles Brennan other than the, you know, the the, the interception this past week and, and, you know, another one that could have been a, a pick six. But to me, if it's that close, still, play both guys. Let's see more out of Miles Brennan. Again, I, I think this is the fan in us. I think this is the us looking ahead and saying, you know, based on uh, this season and LSU's not going anywhere this season, I think a lot of fans are looking ahead to next year saying, we want to be a title contender next year or at least a contender in the SEC West. We want to compete with Alabama. The way you're going to do that is getting your quarterback, your true freshman quarterback this year who – shows a lot of promise, has a lot of poise, has has a strong arm, is getting him ready for next season. You know, play him this year. He he cannot go into that Miami game next year with very little playing time or, you know, very little experience. And to be honest with you, with this being a 3-4-5 loss season, whatever it's going to be, playing Danny Etling doesn't matter to LSU fans. They don't care. If LSU goes, you know, if they if they only lose three games and you get no, you get to a Cotton Bowl, who cares? Nobody cares. To to uh, and this is just speaking honestly. A lot of LSU fans, it it doesn't matter to me if you're going to the Capital One Bowl or whatever the hell the the, the one in Orlando or the one in Dallas or the one here, or the one there. It doesn't matter. All these bowl games are the same now. It's you know, it, and we've been to just about all of them the past five years. We've been the We've been to Orlando. We've been to, to to Dallas. We've been to Houston. We've been to Nashville. We've been to all these cities. It's nothing new there. So, again, to me, it doesn't matter where your where your bowl game is this year. You're gonna go to a bowl game, whatever. I don't care if it's in Shreveport. To me, the bigger picture is getting ready for next season, and the way you do that is getting your young quarterback seasoned. Danny Etling will not be here next year. When you open up the season next year in Arlington against Miami, Danny Etling will not be on that team. But Miles Brennan will be. And you can get him ready. You can use this year, this year as a as a resetting year, as a building for the future year. Get him ready. All right, I think I've driven my point home enough on that one. Let's uh let's do this. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna catch up with Jake Madison of uh uh Locked on Pelicans. He does a weekly podcast. He was out at the Pelicans Media Day. We will get his thoughts on uh, his biggest takeaways from Pelicans Media Day yesterday as they are getting set to start another NBA season. And it's one that you guys should be excited about here in New Orleans. Quick break. We'll be back after this. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. I traded them my truths for some robbers. You play it back, man. Fetty's gonna rob him. Hey, I got a. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Yesterday was Pelicans Media Day over at uh, New Orleans Arena. Smoothie King Center, I should say. And look, you know, I've been saying this uh, the past couple days. You know, not since not since those Chris Paul teams where they were making the playoffs every year with David West and Tyson Chandler and Peja. I mean, I, that was the last time we were really excited about a, a Pelicans team in a Pelicans season. I guess, you know, look, the past couple of years, we, as long as you have Anthony Davis healthy, um, you know, you, you feel like you have a chance. But I think now this year with Boogie Cousins, I, I don't think it could be understated how big this is to have Boogie Cousins with Anthony Davis, two top 
uh, arguably top 10 players, I guess, in the NBA, however you do your rankings. But uh, look, man, you got those two guys, and then you pair them with a pretty good supporting cast. And Rajan Rondo still got something left in the tank. And, um, you know, Drew Holiday, who you hope he can he can continue to, to – um, stay healthy and and uh contribute and then bring in some pretty good pieces you bring back Dante Cunningham you bring in Mike Conley or I keep saying Mike Conley Tony Allen from uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and you got some pretty good pieces so uh join us now to talk a little bit about Pelicans media day yesterday it's Jake Madison he's on Twitter at Nola Jake Jake what's going on man how's it going oh not too bad uh, happy to be talking hoops this early in the morning I love it yeah, absolutely. Look, man. I mean, I, I'm an NBA guy, so we're going to give our shine to to the to the Pelicans, and especially look if, if the LSU and Saints seasons continue to go like like they're going, um, we may be give we may be talking Pelicans almost every morning on this show. But uh, look, I'm excited. I mean, I, I keep bringing up those playoff teams of the past. I mean, those are really really fun teams, and I mean, those were I remember being at those playoff games where the arena was was sold out. I mean, it was there wasn't an empty seat in the house in those playoff series against. The, the Lakers and the Spurs, and, um, you know, it, it was just fun. Every year you felt like you had a chance, and I feel like this is the first time in a while uh, that it feels like the Pelicans really have a chance with Anthony Davis and with Boogie Cousins. What was the vibe around the team yesterday at their media day? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the similar vibe that you got from these guys. Anthony Davis, when he was up at the podium speaking to the media, said this is, the you know, the most talented team he's been on in the NBA so far in his short career. And, you know, they're all very hopeful. They do feel the media is sleeping on this team a little bit. But what that's doing is kind of creating that no-one-believes-in-us atmosphere that they're all bonding over. And for a team that has a lot of new faces coming in here, um, and guys who are going to play significant roles in big minutes in Rajon Rondo and Tony Allen and Ian Clark in the backcourt, you know, there's a strong, you know, a sense of team chemistry already from these guys. They've been working out this past offseason together, you know, during the week very often, whether it's in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Kentucky. And they're trying to kind of get ahead of the curve, you know, hit training camp running a little bit and hit the ground running more so than they would have otherwise uh, been able to do. So they kind of do believe in themselves. Rondo himself said, you know, there's only a handful of teams that can win an NBA title every year, and he feels this is definitely one of those teams. When I look at the the structure of the West, I mean, look, I, let's just go ahead and admit it. it feels like the first four spots of the, of the playoffs are are already decided. It feels like the Warriors, Spurs, Rockets, and uh, and Thunder are all going to be there. But spots five through eight, I think, are all up for grabs this year. The Jazz take a step back. The Clippers take a step back. You know, Timberwolves add Jimmy Butler. They they should make a jump, but they only had thirty one wins last year. So I, I feel like there's a bunch of teams that are going to be in that in that mix. The Grizzlies get worse. The, the, you know, the the Tim the the Trailblazers. We'll see what they do. The Pelicans should absolutely be in that mix between five and eight. And look, if if this things start clicking and the, the combo of Boogie and Anthony uh, together on the court works, and, and these guys could stay healthy. They can absolutely make a run for that for that for that five spot, and maybe a four spot if one of those other teams falls back. Yeah, you know, after those, those you're, you're right. Those are the four teams that are kind of a, a step above the rest of the Western Conference, and then fighting for that those four spots, five through eight, are about like eight or nine teams potentially, depending on how you want to rank them out and how you see them. And they all have a, you know, a variety of different issues. The Jazz lose Gordon Hayward. They add a guy in Ricky Rubio, but he's not a shooter. Do they have enough shooting there to be you know, competitive in the Western Conference? Portland doesn't play any defense. Minnesota, though, they've added Jimmy Butler and some other great pieces. 
you always wonder about team chemistry, and usually the first year these kind of super teams come together, they struggle a little bit. Look at what happened uh, with you know the Miami Heat the first year with LeBron. They lost in the NBA Finals, and a lot of that might have been that these guys aren't used to playing together. The Clippers are no longer a Chris Paul team. You've got to wonder if Blake uh, Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are enough to carry him. You know, and I can go down the list with the rest of the teams there. And, you know, the Pelicans might have more talent than all of those teams, just in terms of Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. You've got two top 10, top 15 NBA players. The question surrounding the Pelicans now, and, you know, I see them as kind of this big experiment this season that the rest of the NBA needs to take notice of is, can you win with two bigs? Right now, the trend in the league is to go small, to play loose, play fast, get out in transition. And while the Pelicans will still be able to do that, their identity is going to be based around these two big men. And we haven't seen a team built like this win an NBA Finals, even make a Finals, or have sustained playoff success in a very long time in the NBA. So it's going to be interesting. They have the talent to be there. They should be in you know, the playoff mix until the very end of the season, presuming there's no catastrophic injuries, which, of course, you know, hits them almost every single year. But if they stay relatively healthy, there's enough talent. You know, I don't know if it's quite going to be the five seed, but you could be looking at you know, six, seven, or eight, somewhere in that range. Talking with Jake Madison, hosts the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Of course, uh, you know, several years been writing for BourbonStreetShots.com. Uh, Let's hit on some some kind of uh, I guess roster uh, questions here, uh, Jake. Uh, Omar Ashik. I know they said he's currently up in Minnesota, being treated for Crohn's disease, and you you know you wish him the best on that, and you know that that health wise he he gets himself right. But where do they go with him? I mean, look, it, it was a mistake from the the time they offered that contract to him, and it's just never worked out. But where do they go with him on this roster? How do they I guess eventually get rid of him because he's just he's never worked out in New Orleans and it feels like he'll never play again in New Orleans. Yeah, it's it's more or less a dead weight right now and it's unfortunate that after the All-Star break it sounds like he, he acquired a parasite something. I'm not they weren't, you know, very specific nor should they be. He did say however he was feeling much better at media day yesterday. But don't expect him to play much. He's not going to be ready to start the year. It's kind of just a dead weight, dead money, a dead contract on the team for about $11 million this season. The good news is, and you know, a lot of people were hoping they might use the stretch provision to get him off their salary cap sheet and kind of just pay him to go away and use that money to sign someone else. That wasn't really feasible, given that they were operating over the NBA's soft uh, salary cap there. And you know, if you use the stretch provision, it wouldn't have actually freed up that much money. But the good news is, you know, in a, after this season, he becomes much easier to trade because the final year of his deal is non-guaranteed. It's only guaranteed for about $3 million, meaning he's only owed about $14, 15000000 million after this season. That's much more tradable than $25 million. If a team does want to stretch it, should the Pelicans do it or a team he is traded to, that becomes a much lower cap hit than it would have been otherwise. So I think it's they're just biding their time until they can either you know attach a future asset, a first or second round pick, to try and get him off their books, or just use the stretch provision on him at the end of this season. I know Del Demps uh, said yesterday, Solomon Hill, it sounds like uh, the, the diagnosis on him is, is a little bit better than maybe some thought, and that he could be back on the court as soon as February. Um, do, you, do you think that that's, uh, I mean, obviously that, that's good news for this team and, get, and getting him back sooner rather than later, but I guess in the meantime, the question becomes, who's going to be the, the guy to fill in for him? You know, and that was my biggest question and what I wanted to know going into media day uh, yesterday. And they didn't quite answer it, but Gentry, what, what Gentry did say 
uh, when he was talking was they don't really have anyone set in mind. It's not like Dante Cunningham, who filled in at the three at times last season, has played small ball four and kind of isn't quite a small forward position, but can you know give you enough reasonable good minutes there to you know not be a complete wasteland of a position, which it has been for the Pelicans for the past number of years. But he said they're going to kind of look at this and approach it just based off the matchup. They might run three guards out there on certain nights uh, for extended minutes and Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, and maybe each one more or Ian Clark. Um, likely with Holiday guarding small forwards, though he's 6'4", he does do well guarding up a position. You've seen him hold his own against power forwards and centers in the league uh, where you know his strength doesn't allow him to get bullied around on the low block. I worry about him guarding small forwards and their ability to take him off the dribble using their size and athleticism. That's a harder thing to try and counter. But there's only a handful of guys in the league that you really need to worry about that. And those guys are more or less unguardable anyway. No one's guarding Kevin Durant. It's just kind of that simple. So you'll see three-guard lineups out there. You'll see Dante Cunningham out there as well in that three spot if there are larger guys like Kevin Durant that they just kind of need to put a body on and try and hope to slow down and some of those more elite wings. So, you know, there's no one person that's filling in for uh, Solomon Hill, but certainly it's going to be kind of by committee, by matchup, and it allows the Pelicans to adapt and play to their strengths. If they want to get out and run, they certainly can. If they want to play bigger and put Cousins, Davis, and Dante Cunningham out there and play kind of bully ball against smaller teams, they'll be right. able to do that as well. So it gives them a little bit more of an adaptability that they haven't had in seasons past, so I kind of like the approach that the coaches are taking with this. He is Jake Madison. Follow him on Twitter at Nola Jake. And of course, he is the host of Locked On Pelicans, the podcast. Jake, thanks so much for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, I know we'll be uh, we'll be chatting a bunch throughout this season as we get going here. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on this morning. All right. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Again, Jake Madison. Follow him on Twitter at Nola Jake. And then, of course, uh, does a weekly podcast, Locked On Pels. Check it out. Does a really good job covering uh, covering the team. He worked for BourbonStreetShots.com, but he just put out a little message yesterday saying he's got a new venture coming that he will announce very soon. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But uh, again, thanks to Jake. Does a great job with that. Our number one is in the books. When we come back, a whole lot more we got to get into. We'll talk a little NFL. We got some new NFL news and notes, and then also uh, nine thirty. We'll talk with our guy James Moran of uh, Tiger Rag Magazine for the latest on LSU. A whole lot more to come. Here on the Chris Gordy Show. Stay there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.